we're getting deep into the psychosis of Stephen Miller. Yes, kill the children. This is easily the best movie I've ever seen by a director named Rusty. Fifty Shades of Eugene. Full-on gory slashing murder movies. Yay! He likes the pain. Boy Steven over here, he doesn't know it. Know me, I like my Ben Fosters. He teased us, but then he held back. They're gonna be double booked in a Sharknado movie here anytime soon. Alright, everybody get a good throat clear in. <clears throat> and welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, as usual, Eric is here, as is Eugene, and returning guest, Steven. Welcome hey, back, Steven. Thanks for having me, appreciate it. No problem. Uh, how are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Whee! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I- I'm doing a little bit better than Eugene, it sounds like. Um... <laughs> But uh, the thing, at work for us, it's the semester break, um, so we get a lot of uh, students coming in and leaving back to their original schools, so for us, the semester break is a busy time, but it makes the days go by faster, so busy, but overall, good. Nice. And I'm on basically half days right now because of the weather and everything's cold, so this is my slow time. So I've been watching a metric shit ton of movies, which has been awesome. I'm hip. I'm very hip. (laughs) That's how I'm doing. <laughs> you are. You are very hip. <laughs> but at least you're not topless tonight, so I'll take that. <laughs> no, I am not topless yet. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's... Yeah, but well, I'm bottomless, so we should hang out. <laughs> oh, tops and bottoms and oh, here we go down that slippery slope of This is this is why this is a Skype show, because if we were in the same room every episode would just end with us blowing each other. Yeah. <laughs> Movie freaks! <laughs> and with that, let's get on. I'm going to chug through tonight's episode because we have so many movies to talk about and so many things to touch on. And let's just get it moving. Dive in the ocean of cinema we call the roulette and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week we picked Infinity Chamber up against Ghost House up against... Steven, you get to go first. Tell us, what did you pick out of all of the movies you could pick of all of the wonderful roulettes that we throw up there? I picked um, Residue from 2017, one that you guys had said you kept throwing up on there, so I was like, I'll dive on it, I'll, I'll take a look at it. Um, so here we go. And like I said earlier, I think every roulette that I've done on the show, I gave a thumbs up to. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that might not continue here. Uh, a private investigator reads a book of a sinister, of sinister origins and unknowingly puts his daughter and himself... Uh, and fight for their lives um, and their eternal souls. Um, so basically, there's this detective guy, and he's one thing leads to another, and he he's supposed to deliver a package, and the the package ends up being this book that was like a journal of some ancient explorer or something. It kind of flashes back and forth. So he opens that book up, and whenever whoever starts reading this book. Um, like demon, they like start seeing visions of like demons and type and things, and you see uh, uh, it takes you in time to where the the explorer who was writing this journal is basically this really long journal. So it kind of flashback to his time. You start seeing demons and things, and then as that's happening, his kind of semi estranged daughter comes back into his life, and that puts her in danger. <sighs> the, 
the movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't tell us a lot what happens apart from that. It's the, the acting is not very good at all. It's very kind of amateurish. Um, but I will say it, there's very few practical effects in here, but the ones that it does have, like there's one scene where a guy's head explodes. It was a nice mm. practical effect. And there's like a monster thing with a tentacle thing that comes out and pulls someone into the closet. That's cool. So the very limited practical, uh, practical effects they use is good, but the acting's bad. The story is confusing because ultimately what happens is, and I found the director, I saw an interview with him. Who the director, by the way, is Rusty Nixon. Um, so if nothing else, this is... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a porn name if I ever heard one. <laughs> yep. Easy, e- this is easily the best movie I've ever seen by a director named Rusty. So it's at, <laughs> at least that. But basically, apparently what he said is, as you read this book, he said, um, you start, your insecurities, you start seeing other people as demons. And at the end the daughter sees the dad as a demon, which if you look at the cover, that creature thing, that's actually Mm. the dad. And then the dad sees the daughter as some demon thing. And again, they have a semi-estranged relationship. And then it ends up that they, like, hug at the end when they're both demons. This is a spoiler, but whatever. They, like, hug. (laughs) And then the movie just, like, ends. They, like, get out of this curse or... I don't know what the point of the movie was. I don't understand it. But that's basically what happens. It's it's not very good. It's not garbage. Like I, I, it's not garbage. It has some good stuff in there, but um, I I don't really understand what the movie was trying to do. At the again, they hug at the end, and it's like, and then it's just done. They're released from the book and the curse. I don't know. They, I, I I don't know. But only but the, through <laughs> through true love's uh, gentle patronly hug. Yeah. Was the spell broken? <laughs> Sounds a lot like how we end our uh, Movie Freaks episodes. Yeah, but the, yeah. But the good news is there's plenty of times for Rusty Nixon to fill us in on all the details. Because in this interview, he said he has two sequels already written. So we can... I'm thoroughly anticipating Residue 2 and 3. So, uh, again, not garbage, but I, I do have to give it a thumbs down. Yeah. I think I'm good on that one. I watched the trailer for it and was like, yeah. Yeah, the acting is very... Actually, there's a guy in here that was in The X-Files. He played... What's his name? Uh, I forget, but there's some guy from The X-Files. But he he's one of the bad guys. He basically just stands in the room the whole movie and he talks like on a phone. And the phones have like holograms that come out. I don't know. It's weird and strange and I don't know what it's trying to say. But anyways. <laughs> All right. Tentacles, at least tentacles, right? They're that's well, something. Tentacle. Or tentacle. Tentacle. Oh, tentacle. oh okay. <laughs> yeah. So you, get, you get plural in there and nah, no, I get my talking. ears yeah. perk up like whoa. <laughs> tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll go next. Uh Infinity Chamber. After waking up in an automated maximum security prison, a man confronts his robotic jailer and recalls vivid scenes from the world outside. This movie did not get off to a good start because the very first thing I saw after I hit play was XL Orator Media. You know what? I watched trailers for like three or four of the roulettes. I'd say about half of them were Accelerator. Uh, this one, uh, Residue, <laughs> might even have been that, but I, I say half of them were Accelerator Media. Well, they don't have a high uh, uh, bar with us because we've only watched a couple of things from them. One of them was that we did a commentary, that Wrecker movie. That, that was, was a great uh, movie. Oi, oi, oi. That was, yeah. it was something. 
So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh god, woo, buckle up, here we go, because it's going to be super accelerating fast, or something. Um, but then we get into the actual movie, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, all, I'm committed to this thing, let's just, let's do this. And uh, it's set in the, like, the near future, where, the, you know, the government is surveilling everybody, and that kind of idea... And then the first half of this movie is kind of frustrating. And it, I was already like, oh, I don't, I was gearing up for fuck this movie and that kind of review. But because it's because he wakes up in the prison, he doesn't remember why he's there. He's talking to this robot thing and he's, he has flashbacks to this memory of when he got arrested. And so it takes the first half of the movie till we get far enough along in the story that we kind of have an idea of why he's actually there. So it's a little frustrating in the first half of like, at least give me something. What's going on a little bit? And they kind of withhold that until you get to the second half. And then shit starts getting really interesting because um, there's this whole revolution thing going on and he has determined that there is this machine in his room that is invading his dreams and forcing him to relive that time over and over again, but he can actively engage with it, even it's even though it's just in his mind. Which makes this interesting, because it turns out this machine is like an interrogation machine, and is trying to find out something from him. And he has to keep fighting it to not give up the information. I'm trying to be vague here. Hmm. Not give away anything from the third act. So by the time this was all said and done... It's a little too long. It could have been shorter. It could have been edited a little bit better to give you a little more information a little quicker. But overall, I'm going to give this movie a passing thumbs up. I enjoyed this movie. And in fact, I enjoyed this movie more than an A-list production that I watched this week, which we will get into later. <laughs> uh, but here's why I think both of you guys should keep it in the queue and, and why I say that it would even be worth... Like, normally I might not recommend this kind of thing to Eugene with just a, a sci-fi guy six and a half out of ten kind of review. This is an hour and 40 minute long Black Mirror episode. This mm. completely fits in a Black Mirror world. 100%. And, and that got my interest right there. And and you will feel the same by the time it's done. All I can say is just hang on through a bit of the first half. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, I, I liked it better than that Christmas episode of Black Mirror because it mm. while, while it still is kind of dark it didn't leave me hating myself when it was over the way that like that Christmas episode did. Yeah. I still think that was about a good that. episode, but I know, I know what you're talking about. Like that, that episode for me is probably a one and done. Cause it's so heavy. Uh, it's bleak. The end is yeah. bleak. Uh, so anyway, it kept the darkness of a typical black mirror episode without making you feel depressed at the end. So I definitely think that both of you guys should give it a shot. I think you would both give it a thumbs up. I, it'd probably be a one and done for you, but you would not regret watching this movie. Uh, Over to you. Yeah. 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 It's in my queue. And I was, I mean, when you said accelerator, I'm like, oh, but it, it remains in the queue now. Yeah. I just double checked. Residue was accelerator. So there you go. Well, they're batting uh, 50% from, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for mine, good folks? <laughs> okay. Ghost House. <clears throat> or, as I like to say, the final nail in the coffin for Scout Taylor Compton. Because 
She's probably done, folks. Uh, unless you want to check her acting skills out in Sharknado Part 20. Yeah. Then maybe. Uh, awful. Absolutely, positively awful on every level. I gave it zero stars because even though you have some sort of a budget, and obviously they did in this movie. I've seen movies look much worse than this. But because of that, you get zero because your movie sucks so bad. You couldn't even come up with anything decent for what is obviously some sort of a budget, uh, more so than a lot of the, you know, relatively zero budget movies that are on Netflix. Uh, this movie is awful. Just awful. Um, I, I, because of zombies Halloween movies, I, um, I didn't much care for Scout Taylor Compton and here, raining and how she screamed. I, I don't like her to begin with, but I tolerated her in those movies. And I kind of came to, I kind of like the, I do like the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, the theatrical versions. This is her all over again doing her Laurie Strode thing and crying. And here's what boggles my mind. And here's what, what made me think, girl, you're done. Um, there's like there are numerous nude scenes in this movie with her. And I'm like, I don't know, in today's day and age, when when you start doing nude scenes in a movie of this low a quality, it's like, ugh, you're borderline dabbling in porn here to where there's no turning back. There, there's no turning back. Um, well, if you had told me that, I might have watched more than 15 minutes of it. <laughs> oh, it's like, okay, I get it. You like to be topless in this movie, and I don't care. Yeah, this is, it's creepy. Like, I felt, honestly, I felt bad for her, even though I don't like her as an actress. I'm like, wow, you're... This is where you're at now in your career. Ghost House. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to spend this... a, a ton of time talking about garbage, but Eugene did text me and say that how bad it was, and I was surprised because it did pass the trailer test for me. Yeah. And so yeah, I, it... I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. And I got to the fifteen about the fifteen minute mark, I think, and I texted him. I was like, I I have already watched my roulette for the week. I'm Gave you two other solid picks, and I'm not going to feel bad about this. And no. And he was like, just, you have to keep watching. No, I don't. No, I don't. I stopped. And the reason I stopped, uh, I don't know if this is a, I, I'm not going to score this movie because I don't score movies that I don't finish. But yeah. I hated it. And it's not yeah. for any of the normal reasons. It's for much worse crimes against cinema. Oh, that's... Writing. Such a boring oh. statement to say because I, I we tried so bad not to be that podcast of it's an abortion of cinema and that kind of <laughs> bullshit. But um, the problem was not in the technicals necessarily, at least from what I saw in the first 15 yeah, minutes. No, it, not at it all. It wasn't necessarily from the acting. It wasn't necessarily from any of those kinds of things. It was all much more competent in those areas than a lot of roulettes that we've watched. But the ideas were all stolen from... Asian ghost movies. This has all been yeah. done a million times before and better. And Way the better. writing was atrocious. And I don't just, I don't mean like the dialogue. I mean the plotting because you have this couple that goes to India or Thailand and Thailand, yeah. They're on vacation and they don't want to do the touristy thing and they're going to do some other things, try and get off the tourist trail, and then he proposes to her and then they meet a couple of random other English people and decide and that ask them to go out drinking to celebrate that they got engaged, and they're so happy. And 
her dickhead fiance gets just obliterated drunk like at dinner. And then yeah. and then they walk down the street and they're like, ah, he's like hanging on the one guy. He's like, strip club, let's go. <laughs> and then they go into the strip club. And it's like, that's where I was done. Because I'm like, who does this? The, no one. The no night, one does this. The night that you get engaged and you're all talking about how much you love your wife or future wife. And then you're going into this strip club. And it was not And she done. was okay with it. Yeah. That didn't make sense yeah. either. And it was not done in, in any kind of normal way where it was, it just, it was gross. It was uncomfortable. It was terrible. I was, I was out at that. And from, you're fine, Huge. Go ahead. From a writing standpoint, I was just done. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have to, I don't have to do this. So <laughs> I am See, not going to. Now I want to watch at least the first 15 minutes just to experience it. That's well, what I want. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Go for it. And, you can do and that. And I don't want to, uh, Eugene said this is the last nail for a Scout Taylor, what's her name? But yeah. I'm looking at IMDb here. There's 10 more credits listed after <laughs> Ghost House. So she's I'm not, not surprised. quite done. Yeah, I, I, this was not done. the I didn't recognize any of the names of the production houses on this thing, but it was not the bottom of the things that I associate with the bottom of the barrel. It was not the asylum. Yeah. If you haven't hit the asylum yet, you're still okay, I think. <laughs> you know, I've never watched an asylum movie. I, I never have, thankfully. At least not that I know of. Um, yeah, It's something that I call a bar setter. Because yeah. uh, while being online, you talk to people and they, they will throw out those uh, garbage terms of, Oh, it's an abortion of cinema and stuff like that uh, of, of normal, like tentpole mainstream movies and transformers and whatever, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. that is so, that's not accurate. I mean, because go yeah. watch the asylum is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. I mean, there, well, I was going to say there's some independent stuff that's below that, but that, mm. it is the, it is, if you haven't watched one, you need to watch one because that resets your bar for yeah. what is average in cinema. Cause it's, that like is going to so a, 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 it's like going to a third world country, then coming back home and appreciating what you have. Yeah, right. Uh, right. I'd imagine. Even that, that that residue, like, again, the movie wasn't garbage. The, the acting, though, it was just not good. And it makes you really appreciate even bad acting. Like, it's like, to be able to act and be natural, it, it's it's... I can. I'm. I'm a terrible actor in the itty bitty stuff that we've ever made. But just to be, even to be like a a good actor is tough. And a movie like Residue is just like nothing seems natural. Everything is just. I don't know. It's bad. But yeah. Oh well. well, this this is what comes with. We've talked about this before. Where the cost of uh, making a film has dropped so drastically that anybody can make anybody their movie, which is yeah. great. I would rather have it that way than the other way, because I think we get way more access to true artistic visions from, I mean, you get those gems in the rough. That's why we do this shit, because there are those low budget independent gems in the rough out there that nobody knows about. Primer is one that I put up there all the time. That movie made, it cost seven grand to make or something like that. And I don't know if you see that movie back in the nineties or whatever, with the way that uh, production costs. Yeah, let people get out there and take a swing at the plate and see if they <laughs> make yeah. contact. I mean, I mean, why not? I mean, go for it. Yep. Yeah. We'll just take a breather and wait till he gets back. Hey guys and gals, future Eric here. Just letting you know, stay tuned after the show for a post show of 
Football Freaks, where Steven and I break down the AFC, NFC, NFL playoff games a little bit and talk about the state of the Cleveland Browns. I'm sure everybody would just love to listen to that. Well, there's probably a few of you out there. A couple. Not one guy. Maybe two. <laughs> At any rate, stay tuned after the show for a special post-show. Now back to our regularly scheduled movie freakery. And here we go. <laughs> he teased us, but then he held back. Uh, <laughs> magic Mike and Finn. <sighs> Coming your way on the left. <laughs> I didn't. You know what's funny? I didn't even talk about the storyline for Ghost House. So should I, or, no, or are we good? No, we're done. It sucked. <laughs> well, we we talked. Me and Stevens talked about it a little bit while you. Were I already gone. added it to my queue. We're good. Yeah, he's Excellent. morbidly curious. Mission accomplished. Okay, Ser- seriously, Steve, I did. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Final. No, seriously, thoughts. Steve, I would actually like to see what like I would like to hear what your thoughts are on just if you can watch even how much Eric watched just to see like the budget. Like you can tell there's a budget on that thing, and then like how can you take a budget like that and then do that? So mm-hmm. anyway, okay. All there right, you coming your way. Let's let's try and hustle through this next two segments so we can get to recently watched. Coming your way next week on The Roulette, uh, The Open House. This is a Netflix original. Eugene, this would qualify as your maybe horror thing. Okay, that uh, Netflix fall- original? It's Netflix original. Okay, gotcha. I went all out to find you good shit this week. If all three of these movies suck, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, following a tragedy, a mother and her teen son move to a relative's vacant vacation home where eerie unexplained forces conspire against them. L- might be a, looked like a, the trailer looked like a cross between a supernatural thing and a home invasion thing, but it was Netflix original wrapping. So it looked high quality. It, it's, there you go. Uh, message from the King, another Netflix original. On a relentless quest to avenge his sister's murder, a man from Cape Town infiltrates a sprawling network of lowlifes and elites in Los Angeles, starring Chadwick Boseman, the Black Ooh. Panther. Yeah, Whip, nice. Whipping ass in L.A.'s underground. The trailer was awesome. Hard R thriller is what this looked like. Also starring Luke Evans, Teresa Palmer, Alfred Molina. And lastly, I wanted to give you one solid pick, which is usually a documentary, Born Strong. Four 400-pound giants fight for the crown at the Arnold Strongman Classic and offer a glimpse into the lives leading up to the competition. That sounds awesome to me. Yes, it does. That's been in my queue for ever since it came out. Okay, I just stumbled across it randomly in my searchings. Okay, there you go. Okay, and uh, heading your way, first up is a movie called Bad Day for the Cut. A middle-aged Irish farmer who still lives at home with his mother sets off on a mission of revenge when the old lady is murdered. Uh, Again, I'm just going off of reviews. The reviews have been fairly positive, so might be something. It's a roulette. Uh, Next up is Polka King, starring Jack Black. And biography, comedy type thing. Um, Local Pennsylvania polka legend Jan Lewin develops a plan to get rich that shocks his fans and lands him in jail. And um, I I personally don't think it sounds the greatest, but Jack Black um, is kind of an A-lister, and so I would imagine that there's, there's some merit to that with this movie. 
Um, and last but not least, um, Heartthrob. Um, 2017. Um, Shy Henry is overjoyed to fall into an unexpected romance with gorgeous and popular Samantha the summer after high school graduation when Harry's love spirals into twisted obsession. Samantha pulls back. And the actor in this movie, um, oh, I, I mean, I recognize him. Um, Kier Gilchrist. Um, he's been, I, I, rec I recognize that face from other movies. Um Oh, that's it. It he was in uh, it follows. He was one of the oh. teenagers in it follows. So, in fact, because of him, that's why I, hey, you never know. Could be a yep. good little thriller movie. So there you go. Uh, I will take Bad Day for the Cut, and I almost like Bad Day for the Cut and Poker King were both on my list to maybe throw your way, but I found things that were already solid, and I just kind of stopped. I was just going down the list, and I was like, there you go. So I will take Bad Day for the Cut. Okay. And uh, I think that because it's a Netflix uh, original, which are generally tolerable or good or great, I'll go with Open House. Uh, the other ones look great, and I'll, I'm sure that one of us is going to watch all of them, especially that Born Strong. But uh, I think that that's too much of a sure thing. This is Roulette. And, uh, I would so. just like it noted that after uh, choosing Ghost House, Eugene went again for the the horror, lowest bar horror movie <laughs> on uh -huh. the... I'm giving uh -huh. you options. I don't want these the guilt trip, the angry texts. Because I'm giving you options. That's all. Yeah. He likes okay. the pain. Oh, I do. I do. Uh, now, Open House. Fifty Shades of Eugene. <laughs> uh, very emo-y. Very emo-y. In the best way possible. Um, the uh, Dylan Minette, I think, is how you pronounce his name. Do you know who that is? Yeah. I he, don't. He did that 13 Reasons series on Netflix, too, I believe, which was pretty popular. Yeah, and he's been in... Uh, he was in uh, Don't Breathe, mm -hmm. and Goosebumps is what I remember him in, in the most, which I thought was great. I love Goosebumps. Movie. That's the kid in the open house movie is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and for some, I don't know, for some reason, I was thinking that he was the kid that was in um, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, because he looks like that kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer, but it's not. So. Oh, did you ever talk about that? That I watched that one, too. Killing did you watch that? Yeah, yeah. Um, by all means, tonight, uh, Eric, I would like to hear what he has to say about that movie. We will start off with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next round. Okay, next week it'll be Bad Day for the Cut up against the Open House, and let's move on to our next segment, which is we're going to do a very short little chit-chat about the Oscar nominations that came out. We don't do a ton of Oscar talk on here because I'm very meh on the Oscars, but we should talk about them at least a little bit. Yep. So, yes, Oscar nominations uh, came out today. Uh, I don't really know where to go with this, but I will just say, any surprises? I've got a couple of things here that surprised me. We'll start with Steven. Were there any surprises for you with the Oscar nominations? Uh, let's see. Surprises? Um, I think, well, just uh, the, the director for Three Billboards, Martin McDonough, him not getting nominated for Best Director was pretty surprising. Uh, James Franco not getting nominated, although with all his sexual, um... I've heard that brought up before, but, but weren't the picks already in before the Golden Globes? I, I don't know how, I know the ballots are mailed out. I don't know when exactly they have to be back. I don't know. Cause I can't I'm imagine sure. that if he was nominated, they would just be like, oh, but now some sex stuff came out. So screw all those votes and move on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 
Denzel Washington, I didn't see that even the movie he was nominated for, but nobody he, did. He was he was getting no love at all, and he got nominated. Um, and Phantom Thread, the movie I can't watch because it doesn't play anywhere around me. Um, that also had no love, and that thing got all kinds of love here. Um, it, had some, it had a couple of nominations. Well, you knew Daniel Day-Lewis. You figured it's supposedly his last role, he's going to get one. Yeah. Um, and then me personally, this is what angers me, Jessica Chastain, no love for Molly's game. Um, I, but I'll get to what really angers me later on after you guys go through your surprises <laughs> or whatever. So. Okay. Uh, I had three things written down here. Um, Mudbound. That Netflix original that has been on the roulette that we have not watched Good got movie. four nominations. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it got a weekend release or something in New York, L.A. Just enough to yeah. you know merit it. I was like, okay, well, that got bumped up in my queue. I got to watch this shit. And the the cinematographer Rachel Morrison is the first female to ever get a best cinematographer nod in the history of the Oscars. So, congrats oh. to her. I agree. Well, they have to let women be cinematographers before they are, you know, can give them awards for doing it. Yeah. But that's a good movie. Definitely check that one out. I will. I, I'm going to bump it up. Uh, Wonder yeah. Woman completely yep. shut out. That's bullshit. Yep. Agree. I, if you're not even yeah. going to give it best picture, which you had an empty slot, you fucking assholes. This is I why I hate the Oscars. You had an empty <laughs> slot. And you're like, nope, nope, not for you. Logan. No. Yes. Which it deserves. Yeah. Logan deserves it. But nope, nothing there. Okay. If you can't do that, at least, throw Patty Jenkins a nod for nothing. kicking that character off in the mo- most incredible way, a groundbreaking way. Nope, nothing. You're so full of bullshit. Okay, uh, Oscar darling, Catherine Bigelow had a movie out this year, Detroit, which didn't really didn't it, yeah. do well. Yeah, that kind of fizzled. But nonetheless, looked like Oscar baity type stuff to me. Mm-hmm. She got nothing. No love anywhere. Uh, which, that also surprised me, because the Oscars love a Catherine Bigelow joint, so are they over Catherine Bigelow now? Yeah. I, I don't know. I I need to watch that Detroit to see what it's like, but she's good. All right. Yeah. Those are the only things that I noticed. For me, um, I uh, was pleasantly surprised to see Get Out nominated for Best Picture. I think that is uh, fantastic. Uh, that That's kind of the little movie that could. It, it just I remember before it came out, uh, it was gonna, like... The dumping ground, and it's like, ah, oh, here comes a generic horror movie, and it was anything but, and it was a fantastic movie, and I, I just, while it's not my favorite movie of the year, I still, I love to see, like, those little underdogs like that come through, and that's really cool, I like, I like that, and I'm, there's no, I don't think there's any chance of it winning Best Picture, uh, but I appreciate it, that, I appreciate that it was, it got a nomination, I think that's really cool, and also, uh, Call Me By Your Name, uh, oh, got I four see nominations, and um, that one, I was surprised, didn't get more. I was actually thinking that that was going to get, uh, like, Best Supporting Actor from uh, Arnold Hammer. And, uh, it, it opens tomorrow at our theater. Hmm. Or oh. Friday. I'm sorry. It opens Friday at our theater. Well, which this will be out on Saturday. So it, it's opened a day ago at our theater. <laughs> In the future past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, and, oh, shit, I was going to say something else. <laughs> you derailed me. Uh, Go. Dunkirk. I'm happy for Dunkirk. Best picture, director, cinematography. Um, happy for that. But the thing that angers me, and I don't, you know, Meryl Streep. Seriously, every, every movie, she every ever single, does. it's like Daniel Day Lewis. Every single time he makes a movie, here we go. I mean, yeah. I, I have a list of 
I mean, Jessica Chastain, Elizabeth Olsen, Kristen Stewart, I'm throwing that out there, Jennifer Lawrence, Carrie Mulligan, Emma Watson even for Beauty and the Beast, I would have put her in there. And that's not so crazy because Meryl Streep got nominated for Into the Woods where she played a mm-hmm. witch. So it's it's just, are you, because I, I, I watched the post and it's a, she did, it was a fine role, but it's, it's a one yeah. note role and it irritates me. I mean, she's fine, whatever, but... Are you telling me that she was one of the five best performances of the year? No. So that's, that's you know I, that's the Oscars. Uh, that's what they do. That irritates they, me. It, what's funny is uh, the the uh, the Razzies this year have Jennifer Lawrence, uh, yeah, Javier Bardem, the worst actress, and I'm like, I would have put them on, especially yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. I would have put her on best actress of yeah. the year. I thought that that she did so good, and that movie would have been on the best picture of the year. Yeah. I knew that there that was there was and no Darren way. And Aronofsky but, got. Uh, director or nominated for director yeah, for Razzie. Like, what? I mean, what? Come on now. Yeah. So um, I am looking forward to all of the animated and uh, animated documentary and live action shorts are going to be playing at our theater here in a couple weeks, which um, that's that's cool. I like that we can get those in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't obviously I haven't seen any of those yet. But uh, some of the titles sound really good. I don't, and I don't want to get into predictions tonight because we will obviously have a Oscar show when we are closer to Oscar time where we actually do our predictions. But I find it very interesting that the few categories they were nominated in are the same. It was uh, Lady Bird and Get Out. So I'm very curious how that is going to play out because that you got minorities in both that are getting mm-hmm. credited in both. And how mm-hmm. is that going to work? Are they because I have this weird feeling in my stomach that somebody's going to get shut out, and it's not going to go over well. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I, uh, that, but that's just yeah. me. You never know how people are going to vote. Yeah, and the leading nominee nominee, I think with I think with thirteen was Shape of Water. So that was our leader on the clubhouse with yeah. really. Nominees. I thought it was three billboards, but or they uh, were close. They were that three both billboards of those were pretty is getting close. some backlash because of. It's like a British or Irish guy that directed that movie, and yeah. his the, the way that he wrote and directed the racist cop character in that movie. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, Sam Rockwell, but, I, I, but I've heard these yeah. complaints where it's like this guy does not understand Middle America. Yeah, it's it again. It's 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 all it's all way over the top, and then he does a whole character turn that's almost unbelievable. But yeah, then he's like the hero and you're rooting for him or something. And yeah, uh, you, you hate him and you want him to die. And then at the end, he's on your side. So it's, I don't know yeah. if three billboards is going to win a lot because of that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, if lady bird does win best picture, that's while a 24, I've been dealing with them for a little while now. That's two for two for them. I mean, last year they won with moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so probably why they won't win this year. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, it's. I think it's a pretty good best picture list. I haven't seen all of those movies, but it's it's a very diverse list. I think this year, especially like with Dunkirk in there, and yeah. so it is diverse. But I think it's a boring list this year, kind of. I mean, you got the movies in there that are awesome that you know won't win. Logan, it should. It, no. it totally deserves it, but there's no way it'll win. I don't think Logan is. Oh, was that Logan's not like, nominated? Mm-mm. Not for best picture. No Logan. What's nope. it up for? <laughs> What was it up for? Uh, let me see. I don't, I'm not sure if it was up for anything, really. Well, it, it might be. Let's see. Uh, oh, it definitely it was up for, 
Best for adaptive screenplay. screenplay. Oh, okay, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. But yeah, okay, you know that's not going to win that. But there's there's other like tent poly type things that are up there for best picture that you know are not going to win. It's going to yeah. be something again small and and Get Out. Do you think Get Out has a chance? I mean, maybe. No, uh, I, I don't think so. I think. I think right now, Shape of Water is probably the front runner. Maybe I would, I would, I would agree. agree with that. Can you believe it? It's the 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 fantasy Gilmore del Toro creature, creature from, from the, the Black, Black Lagoon, Lagoon. Yeah. fucking movie. God, it's what? a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> I am so utterly disinterested in that movie. What? No, oh, it I'm is not interested fantastic. in that at all. Is, I'm so happy Sally Hawkins got nominated for that. When they were doing the announcements, I was like, if Call Me By Your Name does not get nominated for Best Picture, I'm in trouble. Because I booked that thing for two solid weeks uh, yeah. through the distributor. I'm like, please. Because this is – now everybody is going to be going out to see all of these nominations. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that Call Me By Your Name, I do think it looks good. Yeah. And the, the guy uh, the guy got nominated for Best Actor. So that should do pretty good for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm surprised that there – yeah, but I, I was expecting more. I was expecting that one to be maybe not the front runner, but way up there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. It's probably going to be Shape of Water on that one. But I don't want to get too much into predictions until we get closer to Oscar time. And then, you know, everybody, the chatter kind of coalesces and you kind of get a better idea of what might be coming down the road. I don't feel bad for Franco, though. I I don't either. <laughs> you got a Golden Globe for a comedy that's about a movie about another movie. I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that shocked by that. Anyway, okay, yeah. let's move on to Recently Watched. And Stephen, you get to kick us off first with uh, your review of... Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer? Is that the one you want to talk there about? Yes. Yep. Now, have you seen his... The only other two movies I've seen from him... What is his name? Yorgo... Uh, Yorgo Lanthimos from Greece. The only other two I saw from him were was Dogtooth and The Lobster. Have you guys seen either one of those? Nope. Nope. Oh, so you... Do you like kind of know the type of movies this guy yes. makes. I, I watched a bit of Lobster, but I didn't. I didn't watch enough of it to. No, no reason. I just haven't got around to him. The Lobster is kind of almost the more normal one of these three. Dogtooth is just crazy. Um, but this one, uh, Killing a Sacred Deer. Uh, Colin Farrell plays a what is he? Um, He's a surgeon, and he meets um, this kid who he befriends. And it's that one kid from Dunkirk, the kid who dies. Um, and the, the kid here, he his dad died, and he ends up, he kind of blames Colin Farrell for his dad dying. Um, and Carl, Colin Farrell has a son and a daughter, and he's married to Nicole Kidman. So what, he, what this kid does, and what's his name? Um... Uh, Barry Kuganoff, Kuganoff, how do you pronounce it? Um, he is fantastic in this movie. He plays, he, he is legit creepy and scary in this movie. So anyways, his dad dies. He blames Colin Farrell for what happened. So he does, they never really explain how he does this, but he somehow gets, um, Colin Farrell's, uh, two kids and his wife sick to where they slowly begin to like, not be able to move, and then they bleed from their eyes, and then eventually they'll die. And basically what he has to do is figure out, he has to choose, he has to kill one of his kids or his wife, and if he doesn't do that, then he's going to let all three of them die. So that's kind of the movie, and that's the type of movies that this guy makes. Very mm. fun, 
heartfelt movies. Oh, that yes. sounds fun. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. so- um, Sophie's yeah. Choice. Great. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's essentially uh, a weird, artsy Sophie's Choice type of movie. Um, I... I I would. Pro- I think I like the lobster the most out of these three, and I would put this second, and then Dog Tooth third from the stuff that I've seen. Um, I mean, I would give it a thumbs up. It's just the kind of movies this guy makes is just bizarre movies, and you just, you just have to see them to to understand it. And the way it ends, kind of how he makes his decision, is you don't know whether to laugh or to be horrified or what, but. It's a strange, unusual movie, and uh, I, I, I recommend it. But <laughs> So there is a dark comedy aspect to this? I didn't really laugh much. I think, like, the lobster... <laughs> you just said you didn't know whether to laugh or... <laughs> well... <laughs> We're getting you, deep you into the psychosis of Stephen Miller. Yes. Yes, yes. kill the children! <laughs> well, the way, he, the way he chooses to go about it is kind of comical. It's like... That's the way you're going to decide this. It's kind of, I think you could do a better, because the way, the thing that he chooses, I won't tell you, but I would have chosen a different way to figure out who to kill. But, Paper, rock, scissors tournament. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, he makes weird, bizarre movies. And if you like, if you want stuff that you haven't seen before, I mean, this is a director to watch out for. Um, I give it a thumbs up. It won't make my top 10, but um, I, I'd give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the trailer looked great. Yeah, that yeah. was a fantastic trailer. Yeah, yeah, and that Barry Keegan, whatever his name is, the the plays the kid, creepy as all get out. He did a fantastic job. Uh, okay, my turn. Um, I have so many movies that we're just gonna have to do a couple of review casts to get all this crap off my list at some point, but. Uh, trying to jump to the highlights, and the highlights for this week, Eugene and I doubled up on a couple of things. So let's start with Baby Driver. I think that's right. that's, that's where we'll go next. Let's let's, let's, let's do, that. do that. So the tra- I think you guys are uh, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead and finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think I know what to expect. I think I'm ready for it. You might so. be surprised. Um, the trailer for this movie sold this movie as a car chase heist movie. Yes? Am I right? Yes. Yes. Very much. This was not that movie, and we're going to get into spoilers, so if you haven't seen Baby Driver, spoiler alert, don't! Don't! Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, Right up front, the first actor, first half of the movie, there's two awesome, great car chase scenes that are fluid and amazingly shot and badass as we follow this kid codenamed baby to um fulfill his debt to a gangster that he ripped off when he was a younger kid he's paying back that debt so he's got to do these jobs and drive the car for the heists and then once he gets paid off he's out but then he's not because the guy's an asshole spoiler alert so then in the second half of the movie we or thereabouts we meet uh, Deborah, ah, with Deborah, and the car chase heist movies comes to a screeching halt. No fault of the actress. I she did a fine job with her performance. I just feel like the way that she was written was boring and slow because the movie gets extremely slow paced from that point. Um, and then. 
for the climax of, the, of your car chase heist movie, they decided that we're going to be cute and turn it, on, turn it on its head and do something out of the box, which is normally a good thing to do. But to do the opposite of what you are presenting, in this case, in my opinion, terrible idea. Instead of having a car chase, let's have a foot chase where a guy runs across a couple of tables, suddenly knows parkour, and then we get all jammed up into a car parking lot, uh, car, whatever those things are called, and we have very slow cars crashing into each other at 25 miles an hour. And then, uh, and the movie just keeps going on and going on. And then it, it was like, can there at least be a cool ending to this action movie? Nah. Hmm, no, nope. no. That's just kind of... The ending was cool. What? The part where he stole the Mustang, the only hot rod in the movie, and peeled out and then parked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was sweet. That was sweet. And then <laughs> then they are driving off into the sunset, and then there's a, car, a cop blockade, and then I give up. And then you go to jail, and then I get you and you're out, and we're friends. Well, he, he wants to protect her. He doesn't want to... Drag her into a life of crime, you know. But see, he writes "baby" <laughs> on the four cups of coffee. You see, baby. What's your name, baby? B a b baby. B a b y. Baby. <laughs> he can he can dance really cool around the street with his four cups of coffee, though. That's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, I mean, see, I really liked that scene. I was like, "All right, it's an Edgar Wright joint," and all of the um, graffiti on the walls lines up with the song. And then, oh, I like this. Here we go. And then it was just. snooze fest no thank you and the more i thought about this movie in the hours in the aftermath i'm like my god i really have to reel myself in from fucking hating this movie and it's because (laughs) it is technically all the technicals are on point and it is technically well made and well acted and everything so i'm not going to like destroy it in my score but i did not like this movie and i i'm good i'm good on this one eugene your thoughts uh, same. I, and I, seriously, like, when you texted me and you were like, meh, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, get, I'm probably going to like this thing. And eh, something rubbed Eric the wrong way, whatever. Eh, like, fine. Um, and like you, I was on board. To, I'm like, what is he talking about? The cool car chase. Even though it's dabbling in, in emo music that I don't quite know. And I'm like, I get it. No one knows these songs. That's fine. And then the movie slows to a halt, and I still have to listen to this shitty music that I don't know. And the the dancing with the girl, and the girl romance, and trying to keep the bad guys away from her. And I, I, two stars. I really want to hate this movie. I'll never watch it again. I want to hate it, but I'm like, it's Edgar Wright, so there's that. And it's got a couple cool car chases, but. Oh wow! Did I not like that movie? Like really, not like that movie. I I saw it three times. <laughs> <laughs> movie freaks. <laughs> no, no, actually, I agree with quite a bit of what you guys are saying. It didn't really feel like an Edgar Wright movie. Like it had the couple nice car chases, like literally couple nice car chases, but like it didn't. It didn't have that Edgar Wright flair to it. I will agree with that, um, and I agree with the music. There was, there's, I think there's one song in the whole movie that I like really liked, and that's that easy, but easy like Sunday morning, and that's yes, uh, 
That's a rockin' like, out song. Uh, golden, like, golden Earring was the only one that I think I knew in the whole thing. Yeah, but like the music, I I, I totally agree with there. I'm like, I this music is not doing anything for me. But I mean, I like the characters. I like the story. The the middle part that did get slow. Like I mean, I enjoyed that for what it was. But um, yeah, which so, which I mean, weird, I, Steve is like even the middle part. Like I was getting bored, but. Even by the time they got to the diner and um, John Hamm was there and there was kind of the big shootout there, whatever, I was so bored. Like, that was, like, my least favorite part of the movie. I was – by that point, I was so pissed at everything and bored. I'm like, well, this three-and-a-half-hour movie, what it feels like, three-and-a-half – well, let's just end. It's going on and on. When the movie was over, I thought to myself, wow, that's, like – okay entertaining i guess for edgar wright's worst movie but my god that two hours feel like four and then eugene the second he was done said i think you liked it more than me because that two hours felt like four (laughs) i was like oh no i just didn't say shit i just said watch it and let me know what you think (laughs) to be fair it was an hour and 52 minutes excuse me (laughs) add those extra eight minutes onto the four (laughs) yeah oh but yeah, yeah, that like, was just one and done. I mean, I guess I can understand why people would like it. I mean, I, Jamie Foxx was fine in it, but I just, oh, just went on and on, and the music was grating after a while, and I, th- yeah. just, and then, it, then by the end, I'm like, okay, now I think it's stupid that you call yourself baby. I, that's yeah. stupid. Yeah. I, I blame this just, on the marketing. You should not have sold yourself as this action movie because it's not an action movie. No. You've got a couple of great action scenes in it, and it has some great moments in it, which is why I agree with your two out of five score. It deserves at least that much for some of the very well done chase scenes, but it's in the first half, and then it's just yeah. slow as shit. Anyway, Baby Driver, not for everyone, but for some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Eugene. Um, okay, so. A complete surprise here for me, uh, one that I actually thought looked fairly awful uh, when it was released to theaters. I'm like, why is this even being released to theaters? Uh, was Happy Death Day from 2000, which came out this year. And PG-13 horror light with college girls. I'm like, nope, that's a big pass. And then some of the reviews trickled in and it did good at the box office. Like, it did solid numbers. And then I found out that it's from the director of uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which I really liked. So uh, then I heard more about this movie. It's like, this is like a really cool, funny slasher light Groundhog Day. I'm like, you know, okay, now I officially have got to see this thing. So I got the digital uh, yes. uh, digital copy be of quiet. this. Watch and I watched it. And I am happy to report that this is a great movie. I loved this movie from start to finish. A PG-13 horror? For real? PG-13 horror light. I mean, it's barely horror, but everything about it works. I loved the lead actress in it. She was so good at being kind of obnoxious bitchy, but not like, and how do I say this? I, I, I go back to Sorority Row as a great example of uh, bitchy type characters that I like, like that I enjoyed their characters. She's like that too. And the more, the longer the movie goes, the more I like her and how she progresses through her, essentially her Bill Murray role. Because that's what this is. It's kind of Groundhog Day with every day she's getting killed by this slasher and she has to figure out what's going on. And it is so cool. Um, 
big, big thumbs up here. And when it was done, I'm like, you know, I'm perfectly okay with that being PG-13. It didn't need to be R. This is one where it stands on its own merits of being a breezy, funny, some genuinely funny parts in it. Breezy, funny, horror light movie that, yeah, that was a fun movie. And I think that you guys should check it out. I I don't know where you guys will come out on it because, you know, it is college girl horror light, but it's so well done and so not boring. Um <laughs> We yeah. were both so like happy about what we were watching after Baby Driver that we're like, thumbs yeah. up, thumbs up. It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. Yes. But it, it was surprisingly good, especially with just like, okay, there's been enough of these reliving the same day over and over. How are you going to make this fresh? Um, it, I, it reminded me a little bit of The Final Girls, but I liked this better than The Final Girls. Whereas they're there in that time loop thing and that's PG-13, whatever. This yeah, one here works better. Easy. I have seen The Final Girls. Okay, when well, the final girls was one that really needed to be R-rated. Like they should have yes, really embraced yeah. that. That was the biggest downfall of that movie. Here didn't need I mean, it yeah, of course me. I throw <laughs> some more gore and guts on there and I, you know, I'm all for that. But for well, if the know, story is good enough to cover for that, then it's okay. And it is. It yeah. totally is. Like this is this is a great well-made horror movie that I would recommend to young, you know, to young teens. Like this is a great beginner into into the you know full on gory slashing murder movies yay (laughs) (laughs) is final girls the one that's on netflix possibly that's a good movie you should check it out Mm -hmm. i I thought you hated on that one no no no, i'm sorry i'm confused because it wasn't there a final girl and then the final which is the one where they jump into the movie that one the final girls we talked about that last time i was on yeah but there was another one that the other Oh no! There is another oh, that's, one. That's the final final girls. I think. Let me see. Wait, what? Didn't we just say that? No, there are no. Wes Bentley's in the final girl. Wes Bentley, you see. I've watched that. I'm so yeah, confused. Bentley. There's the final girl and the final girls. Yes, final girl has Wes Bentley and Abigail Breslin, which Breslin. I think she. Yeah, that's the one on Netflix. That's the one that sucks. That was. That was. Just awful. <laughs> well, you already said Wes Bentley's in it, so that's all I need to know. <laughs> Yes, but Interstellar, you see. Oh, um, they only had him in there so they could kill him. I love that. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. big thumbs up. Cool. Steven, back to you. I'm generally hit and miss a little bit with Guillermo del Toro. I haven't seen all this stuff. Um, but we kind of briefly touched on this with the Oscars stuff. Yeah, this is Lady Falls in Love with a Swamp Monster in the 1950s. I loved this movie. I think it deserves all the love it's getting. Um, Sally Jenkins, again, I'm so happy she got nominated. But yeah, she plays a deaf janitor along with Octavia Spencer at this kind of government facility. And and one day they find out there's this sea creature in there. And then uh, Michael Shannon's character, he's, you know, all mean to the sea creature. And then, of course, Sally Jenkins, or is it Hawkins, or Sally Hawkins, makes a connection with the sea creature because neither of them can talk and then that's how they kind of communicate and they do fall in love so this is your human swamp monster romance movie set in the 1950s the acting is superb from sally hawkins michael shannon richard jenkins octavia spencer it's shot beautifully the effects are amazing i i love this movie 
<laughs> I love this movie. And even at the end, it has a little bit of uh, bloody gore stuff there. Michael Shannon's character kind of gets what's coming to him. Um, but it, I, I love this movie. It's it's one of those where you sit down and you're just completely just in that world. And I don't know, this movie worked on every level for me. So. Steve, would this would this be in your top? Like You've watched a bunch of good movies this year. Where, where does this one sit on best of the year? This will make my top five somewhere. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely top five. Some well, I think there's there. I got a handful that I got to watch yet, but I can't imagine this won't make my top five. Wow. Yeah, I've, it's just I loved it. I I love Del Toro, but it, he's become hit and miss for me in the more recent mm-hmm. years, especially with that how haunted house. God, that sucked. Man. Crimson Peak. Oh, and I really liked that movie. <laughs> Still haven't seen that one. Bored to tears. You you want my Blu-ray? I'll sell it to you for two bucks because I can't trade it in. They won't take it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a family video, isn't it? I'm not shitting on you. No, I, I don't know why. They're just like, we've got too many. You can't oh. know. <laughs> like, damn it. Guess I'm going to keep this. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> but I, I always love his aesthetic choices. Like his set design and all that kind of stuff is just phenomenal to look at even with that movie even with the haunted house movie i didn't love all that much now i'm ashamed to say i've never seen pan's labyrinth so beautiful good movie beautiful. very good movie. that would i think that yeah. made my top five of that year i would say that's uh, that movie was wonderful. just devastating you remember that eric like i mean when that was done it was it was so heavy but so such a beautiful movie uh, i've only watched it once as even though i love it it's such a it's just really heavy, especially because it deals with chi- you know children and child abuse. And ugh. I agree, but th- there was enough fantasy elements to get you out of your dark head for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I-, I really liked it because it felt it felt more like one of my favorite Del Toro movies than uh, any had in years, and that's Chronos. Like it, mm. that movie felt like Chronos with a budget. Which, if you haven't seen Chronos, Stephen, you should definitely check that one. Out. Oh, that's a good movie. Fucking crazy. It's it's yeah. bonkers, but that is Del Toro on a low budget, and it oh, it was so good. Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, man, I love this shit. And young Ron Perlman, just disturbing. <laughs> anyway, agreed. Uh, okay, is that it for Shape of Water? Yep. Okay, back to me. Uh, next up, let's wash the taste of Baby Driver out of my <laughs> mouth with Atomic Blonde. Which is uh, sold itself as an '80s throwback kind of actiony spy movie thing, and I think for the most part this was a success. I was very happy to recognize the music in this movie. For one, that was very nice uh, to have some amazing action in it. Uh, that was also nice, and it was also very evenly paced with its action along the way. It wasn't just oh, you got a whole bunch of action in the first half, and then it's a boring mess the rest of the way. There was action at least sprinkled throughout. This definitely falls into the category of spy thrillers that gets a little heady. Like, that's a polite way of saying that you're getting confusing. Uh, You gotta pay attention to the names, and you gotta pay attention to the faces. You gotta be able to connect those dots rapidly from an early point on in the movie. And I... I'm not going to lie. I didn't understand every single thing that happened in this movie by the time it was over, 
but I understood it a lot more than a uh, other spy thrillers that fall into this category. I'm looking at you, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, go fuck yourself. Um, that movie was incomprehensible. I did not understand anything that happened in that damn movie. So I, I will accept a movie where I don't fully understand everything because I, I at least understood enough to know that when I go back and rewatch this, which I will, I'll be able to connect more dots and it will make more sense. And it had uh, some nice twist and twists and turns along the way. I, I give this movie a thumbs up and maybe it's an overreaction. I'm not going to lie. Being honest, maybe an overreaction from baby driver, which I was going in like, I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be amazing. I love Edgar Wright. Wow. This is boring and sucks. Um, <laughs> so when I went to this, it was like, I don't hate this. Hooray for not wasting two hours of my life. <laughs> um, where I am with the, at this movie, I'm probably at about a seven and a half right now out, out of 10. That's kind of the ballpark of where I'm at, where it's like, this is a thumbs up. I enjoy this movie. It has a beautiful aesthetic. You should check it out. It's not going to be for everyone. Uh, but I enjoyed it well enough that I, I will pick this one up on Blu-ray at some point. You do. And I watched it as well. Yeah. And um, uh, I will say the music, big thumbs up. The action, even bigger thumbs up. Uh, but I I was lost. Uh by the midway point, I'm like, what? Okay, who's double crossing who and for what reason? And finally, by the end, I'm like, meh? Uh, <laughs> it was pretty to look at and it was it, good for one watch for me, but uh, I don't, I don't get into those that much. I mean, especially if it's like you have to watch it a couple times, like those spy movies where you have to watch over and over and like, okay, now I get all of the double crossing. I, that's not my type of movie. It's worth watching, but, um, I don't know. It was, I, I, it was it was pushing two hours, but it I wasn't bored. It was just I just I kept on thinking, what the hell is going on, and who's this, and what? Uh, there was yeah. a hell of a lot of innuendo, like yeah. maybe that's not the right word, but there was a lot of stuff said with inflection. Oh, notice how she likes vodka. She's always about the vodka. Or they say, your Russian is perfect. Oh, your German needs work. Like, there was a lot of really subtle, really subtle things in there that build up towards that ending. And even when they yeah. get to the ending, then they're like, "We well, we double, triple, quadruple, twisted yeah. on the things that we already built on. And you're like, wait, whoa, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. So, I, but I, I, there was enough for me to get through it as opposed to Tinker Taylor, where it was like, I, I it, hate this. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit closer to your review, Eric, than your Eugene. Um, it, it's kind of confusing, but I mean, for what it is, I, I thought I was thoroughly entertained with it. And um, I mean, I'd watch it again. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I think it's almost as good as, maybe not quite as good as like the first John Wick, but um, I mean, I find those kind of equally entertaining. But and I, some I, I of like the action the whole, beats were like that, actually. Yeah, I, I like the whole espionage kind of twist and turn thing. I, I enjoyed that. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Um, have, hmm, have we seen Charlize nudity before? I, you know, I was actually thinking about that. I'm like, wow, she's like going the way of Taylor Scott Compton, right? Yeah, she's exactly. I'm like, come on, what's going on here, Charlize? They're going to be double booked (laughs) in a Sharknado movie here anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Zombie's Sharknado 50. Oh, God. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, Eugene. Okay, uh, next up for me is another... Uh, I made a big haul with, uh, with Voodoo Codes. So uh, this is one that I took a gamble on, and it paid off immensely, and that is Logan Lucky, uh, the latest movie from Steven Soderbergh, starring Channing, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and Daniel Craig, amongst others. I positively loved this movie. Uh, two hours that felt like an hour. It went by so fast. Think Ocean's Eleven, but with hillbillies. Uh, yep. trying to rob a NASCAR uh, event. And it was funny. It was uh, it had some good action in it. It was twisty and turny, but but it totally made sense. And uh, it you're kind of rooting for the underdogs because they're they're underdogs. This is not like super cool Brad Pitt, Matt Damon types. This is, you know, they play their part very, very well. Especially at uh, Adam Driver was Fantastic in this movie. My wife and I watched this. She loved this movie. Uh, and it even, there's a, surprisingly, there was a part in the movie, I wasn't prepared for it, um, where there's, uh, Channing Tatum is, he's, he's robbing this, he's, has this big heist set up, uh, because of his little girl. And it kind of all ties in together. And there is a, uh, there's a, an event that the little girl is singing at. And, um, I was not, Completely not prepared for that, uh, but as a father, uh, that scene was very, very touching for some reason. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting, I, I was not prepared to get choked up in a movie yeah. like this, but it worked so well. And you're just, the characters are so endearing in this. All of them are so endearing. You, like, you care about them. Even Daniel Craig, who is so against type in this, but he's like kind of a scumbag, but you like him and you like, his character uh, and you shouldn't but you do um man big big thumbs up for this movie uh it's just it's unpretentious fun uh this is the steven soderbergh that i like this is one of his very best movies in my opinion yeah i agree this one that scene that you're talking about oh man i, I was mean like, you're like geez. okay well hold back to tears i mean you can uh, yeah seriously very I, I didn't get choked up at that part Really? Oh, that scene was fantastic. It was a great. It but was no, a I great mean, scene, and I fully enjoyed it. But I wasn't like, yeah. oh, I, and I, I cry at everything. So <laughs> doing the callback to John Denver, I like the callback to John Denver. It was just, it was cute. I it was yeah, cute. I, it was I fine. It. I, I appreciated it. I just, I didn't. I, I get misty at really dumb shit, but I, and, and a lot of <laughs> shit. The older I get, every year, it's it's something else. But um, at that scene, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> scumbag thief father you showed like, so, up at the end. She was like, I love my daddy more than anything. I was like, yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't pay for anything. That's cool. Um, <laughs> um, I finished this movie up just before we uh, started recording. Uh, it is two hours. That feels like two hours. I'm not going to say that I, it didn't fly by for me. Okay. I echo everything else you said. I love the movie. It was great. I love Adam driver. He was so good in this. That might be the title of the episode. I love him that much. <laughs> that ugly motherfucker. I love him so much. He is a great actor. Fantastic. Yeah. And that he's playing in this movie. You want to come say hi? Yeah. Here's all your meeting. Can I say Dad? My wife wants me to say goodnight to the boys. Oh. Break time. Yeah. All right. Oh, hold on. Now you can hear. Say hi. 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 How are you guys doing? Good. 
Good. <laughs> now, what are your names? My name's Holden, and his name's Corbin. I'm Steven. And, and, and we got Gummy Bear on my YouTube TV. Really? Awesome. And then... How was your day? <laughs> good. I had a good day. How was your day? Good. Good. Did you do anything fun? I go to kindergarten. Hey, hey you don't have to shout. Okay? And, and, I, and I have stupid Gummy Bear. Gummy bears. He's in preschool <laughs> and I'm in kindergarten. Yeah, and 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 I'm three years old. I'm five years old. You guys are a lot younger than me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Did you guys do anything fun at school? Yeah. What'd you do? At uh, school? I don't know. At school, my teacher said I eat gummy bear at school. <laughs> And I take it at at my house today. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, Corbin. Oh. And what's your name? Steven. Hi, Steven. Hi. What did you guys learn at school today? I don't know. I learned about, I did, I, hey, I did. Hey, do you know what Steven does? What? He's a teacher. You're a teacher? Uh-huh. I know my dad said. And and Miss Bree and Miss and my teachers called Miss Bree and Miss Becky. Really? It doesn't make any sense, Corbin. And and the <laughs> last year my teacher says I gummy and and gummy stop gummy to bears. his eyebrow. What the what? Corbin don't what you said? It it stopped to my Miss Bree's Gummy bear, pull it on Miss Bree. You got a gummy bear stuck to your eyebrow? No, my <laughs> Miss. Your teacher did? No, my I spit it out and Hudson spit it out in, in my teacher's my teacher's eyebrow. Really? Hudson spit out a gummy bear in your teacher's eyebrow? Yeah, and 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 it stuck to Fran. What? And, what? Ask Miss Director about that. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I don't know what it is about Adam Driver, but everything that I see him in, I, I just it captivates me. It's amazing. And and in this movie, he's I don't want to say that he's playing it simple. He's kind of playing a simple guy, but it's also I mean he was a Marine in real life, and now he's playing a a veteran in this movie and it's I don't know it's kind of amazing it's great the movie as a whole I completely dug this movie I'll totally watch this one again it's Soderbergh in a heist movie it's a great pairing obviously uh I uh, he he got me he got me there in the third act where I'm like what in the hell is Magic Mike doing because if he's doing what I think he's doing, this sucks. There are certain things you want to see in a heist movie, and this ain't it. Agreed. And then it turned out to be okay, which, yeah. thankfully, because otherwise I was like, that is bullshit. Um, I didn't really feel like James Bond was playing against type too much. I mean, it was 
delicious to listen to him garble that southern accent. I, oh, I loved man. it. it was I loved great. it. <laughs> I loved that all the prisoners helped them out. I, I, I the Game of Thrones scene was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. I also was going, why don't you defuse this and say, well, when they do come out, I want them then. Uh, they didn't do that. <laughs> I thought that would have been an easy piece of writing. <laughs> but overall, I, I enjoyed the film. It kind of goes as you think it's going to go. It's kind of play by numbers. Um, uh, once again, I have to associate everybody with their stupid comic book role. Rachel Dawes has nothing better to do than be a mom in this movie. Um what how, what's she doing these days? Not much, apparently. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting uh, choice, but okay, whatever. And also the dorky guy from Stranger Things, the really dorky guy, the guy that runs the arcade, Stranger Things season oh, two, yeah, makes an appearance every time I see this guy. I'm like that guy. I. I don't know where I'm going with that. Just saying he's in the movie. <laughs> Is that the guy that was in the office? He was one of the security guards that was walking up and down. The... No, in, the, in the, the TV show, The Office. Was I he in The Office? Don't... I don't think so. Yeah, the guy, the, the guy that Katie Holmes is... Uh, that's Katie Holmes, right? Uh, yeah, uh, that is Katie Holmes, yeah, but I'm is. talking about a different character. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about yeah. Katie Holmes' husband. I'm talking about... Oh, okay. Uh, the security guard that was walking up and down the hallways. That they go up, up and down the basement. Look, do you smell smoke? Oh, do you yes, smell yes, smoke? yes. He's super dorky. Yeah. You know who I couldn't fit? I actually Seth MacFarlane is this movie. That was, he was weird. He was funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but the the very very tag ending with the FBI agent. I'm like, wait a minute. Where? That was cool. I like. It was that. fine, but it was like, where is this going? Are you trying to set up a sequel? Because this. I assumed that that was her going on her own trying to. Figure out and yeah. bust that. Uh, okay, I I didn't want him to get busted. No, me too. Me, me too. Spoiler, whatever. Logan Lucky, everybody. <laughs> now, if you're a big fan of Adam Driver, can I interest you in one of the TV shows that really gave him his launch? Girls. It's called Girls. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's called I Girls. Just seen it. It's about four girls in New York. It's very hipsterish type of thing. I think it would be right up your alley. Mm. Um, <laughs> I actually I love the show. It's really good. It's um Is he a main part of it? Uh he has a pretty key role throughout, yes. He he da- he dates um oh gosh, what's that girl's name? Uh Lena Dunham. So if you're a fan of hers or not, that might sway you one way or another. Um but he he's the boyfriend of Lena Dunham. He's in a good chunk of the show throughout. I haven't seen anything that she's yeah. in. I don't really have an opinion on her. All I know about her is that everybody that knows her is very opinionated about her. One way or the other. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. nothing to me. <laughs> I'd check it out sometime. I'd give it a spin. Who knows? But Adam Driver, huge thumbs up. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was it was quite good. Uh, Steven. Okay. Uh, on my quest to watch uh, every movie I can from 2017 to try to fill out my top ten of the year... I watched A Ghost Story uh, on Amazon Prime, um, directed by David Lowry, stars Casey Affleck and Mooney, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Do you guys know anything about this one? Yes. Yeah, we had it at our theater. Did you watch it? By any uh, parts of it, not the whole thing, okay. but I watched... Uh, Terrible title. That's all that I have to contribute. Awful title. Yeah. 
not a very good title and you watch the trailer and it it looks so cheesy like just a ghost with the, the sheet over him like that and honestly this was one that i didn't expect to like a whole lot going into even though it got good reviews and basically um it's there are a couple live in a house just the, those two then casey affleck he dies in a car accident <laughs> uh puppy dog uh, Casey Affleck dies in a car accident, and then as he's lying on the, the bed at the hospital, after they put the sheet over him, he's dead and all that, um, the camera just sits on him for like four or five minutes, and then he sits up, and the sheet is just over him, and that's when he becomes a ghost. And then he walks back to the house, and again, he just has that sheet over him. And the movie is it it's again deliberately paced there's a uh, a scene in here when he gets back to the house is right after he dies and one of the neighbors drops off a pie for Rooney Mars character and i kid you not there's a it's got to be close to 8 minutes of her, literally her eating this pie and then Casey Affleck's character as the ghost just standing there watching her and at first you're like okay this is stupid and then then it kind of turns funny and then by the end of it you're like, it something it it hits you that scene. It's very weird. Um, because about halfway through this movie, you're like, okay, I like this, but it's kind of to use a word you guys use a lot. It's it's kind of pretentious a little bit. Um, but I'd say about the three quarter mark of this movie because it's only an hour and a half. Um, and especially like the last fifteen twenty minutes, it I describe it as a slow motion gut punch. The way they film the passage of time and just kind of, because again, Casey Affleck's ghost, all he does is he's just there observing life as it kind of goes on without him. And again, just those last 15 to 20 minutes, but they film the passage of time and it, I don't know, again, I describe it as a slow motion, slow motion gut punch. And by the end, I was just blown away. This movie stuck with me ever since I've watched it. Um, Huge thumbs up. Again, about half the way you're like pretentious, but then it, I don't know, it worked for me. It Does it qualify as horror? No. No, it's it's a full-on drama type thing. Yeah. No, not horror at all. But it, it worked for me. And it's filmed in the full screen, that 4.3 or whatever it's called. It's full screen. 4.3, yeah. Really? Um, it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the director I saw, he said he did that to kind of give it that claustrophobic type of feel. Like if you were a ghost, you're just kind of stuck there. But, and then, I mean, you feel so sympathetic for that ghost, man. You just, he's just there watching life go by without him. And it's just, it hits, it hit me. It hit me. Manchester by the Nazi. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. But, yeah. I'm bringing all the cheerful, fun movies: Killing of a Sacred Deer, A Ghost Story. I, I you know, I'll, I'll think ha, of. Something. Have either of you watched uh, that director's previous movie, Pete's Dragon? Uh, I have not. No, I have it. Fantastic I movie. I have it in my uh, on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix, and I have it on on my Voodoo. I just haven't got around to it. <sighs> Such a good movie. That no, that is like that is a feel good movie. Uh, I loved that movie. Okay. Anything else for Ghost Story? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. It from 2017. Theatrical cut because Eugene, being the horror guy that he is, just, I mean, we agreed that we're going to wait for director's cut, but nope, he can't do it. 
And nope. of course, because he can't do it, then therefore neither can I. So I got to watch the damn thing. <laughs> and I, on the same on night. The same night. And I got to say, I don't regret watching the theatrical cut. This was a damn good movie. I expected it to be a good movie, but I was really impressed with this one. I'm one of the few people that really appreciated the miniseries because I remember watching it and taping it on VHS when it came out, when it premiered on TV. So it holds a special place in my heart. I, I also, you know, reading the book, whatever. I, I got some questions about this movie, though, and they're not like intense negative questions. It's just there were a couple of things that happened in this movie. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. There were a couple of things that happened in this movie that I didn't remember from the book. One of them was the, the kids actually floating around this tower of shit in the end. Do you remember that from the book? You've read it more recently than me. Mm-mm. I don't recall that. And I mean, I know how it ends. Um, and again, it's this is filmed so much different than the book was because it's kids one movie, adults in the, in the next. Yeah. But no, I don't really remember that. Uh, I I mainly remember the battle with it and another creature. Yeah, I agree. In the in the Dark Tower universe or wherever or that realm. Oh man, it's been I, see, it's been high school since I've read that book, so I can't quantify every single thing that happens in it. Like, oh, I, a lot of things. I'm, oh, I remember that, but there were there was something else. I can't remember what it was now, but there was something else where it was like, I don't remember that in the book. And it was fairly significant, I guess. Apparently not now, because I can't remember what it was. But uh, the uh, floating, actual, literally floating kids around the thing, I was like, what? It was fine in the movie. I don't have a problem with it. It's it, it's whatever. But yeah. I just, uh, yeah, didn't associate that with the source material. Uh, anyway, I give that movie a thumbs up, and I did definitely see room for improvement as far as a director's cut. Supposedly there's one coming that's 20 minutes longer, and I think that would be wonderful. Oh, I know what the other thing was. The house. The well house at the center of town. Yeah. I didn't remember that being a thing in the book. Yeah, it, okay. it's not. It's, that's more of a focal point so that they can contain I, the totally movie makes versus... Sense. I, it's totally fine to be in yeah. there, but... I didn't yep. remember that. Yeah, in the movie, it's more of the tunnels, and I mean, it's his labyrinth under. And they go down to a, like a swamp thing where there's an entrance to the. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm remembering it decently enough for twenty plus yeah. years ago. Okay. Well, I, I didn't have a problem with those changes though. I th- there's always going to be changes when you make a jump um, from medium to medium, and sometimes it's yeah. totally fine and it makes sense, and other times you're like, "What the hell are you doing?" But in this case, yeah. I, both of those changes, I don't have any issue with whatsoever. Um, theatrical cut was great, but I, it definitely felt like... I, I don't want to compare it to Batman v Superman, but it felt like one of those movies where uh, it needs a director's cut. It needs 20 more minutes of breathing room. And I think that it once does. they do come out with that, it will be... It will just flesh it out so much more as a film. Um, Eugene, your thoughts? Yeah. I, I echo... Basically everything you said, I one of the differences from the book versus the movie was the the setting when this takes place in, and I love that they changed this to the eighties because one I love the eighties, uh, but it it fit really well for some reason in this in the context of this movie. Um, it just it worked and it wasn't like like oh come on why why would you go and change that? It made sense. Now it'll be interesting to see how they take things in the next movie because the next one, we're going to be up to modern times when they're adults, which means cell phones, 
technology where that was not in the book. So I wonder how how they're going to tie that in because that's always one of those things with horror movies is is sometimes when you're dealing with technology and stuff, it's like, well, just get on your phone and there's your GPS or there's there's your savior right there on the phone versus the old days where it's you know you don't have that. But for the this one here, I loved that it was set in the '80s. The bullies were perfectly cast. Um, you know, part of me thinks that they were almost too uh, too much of bullies versus the books. There was a little bit more of a slower transition into just the awful people that they were. But um, having read the book, you know, like this whole town has just got this like this blanket of evil over it, and so it makes sense that these kids are just are so awful because the town itself is is like this haven of evil. So I kind of you know I'm like okay, even though the the boys really quickly are like they're endangering the lives of the losers club which is not quite like the book if i remember correctly uh, they uh, kind of do i mean they they were that quick i mean that was pretty quick to where not, not the pacing wise but i'm saying like the depth of how far they go it and it's oh yeah yeah I mean, yeah it, it it the novel is one of those things that's nearly unadaptable unless you're going to give it like 10 hours and an hbo series or something it it's just yeah. so big and so massive and so in depth uh, I could, if I wanted to strictly keep to the book, I could make the complaint. They didn't make the clown scary enough with the amount of deaths that he caused. Because yeah. in the book, it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. But you can't absolve that in two hours. Like, it would just be yeah. ridiculous. It would be like, why is nobody paying attention to this? It, it, You know what I mean? If that many people were yeah. dying. It, and so they, I feel like they did a real good job balancing out... Uh, in the transition from book to movie of that kind of material. It, it's the only thing that you can do because if you go absolute yeah. little literal translation, it has to be t- 20 hours long. It's got to be humongous. Yeah. Which I would have been okay with, but as a two hour movie, man, this is really, really good. There's, there's a reason why this movie did as good as it did at the box office. It's a genuinely well-made, well-acted movie has some, truly i mean truly scary moments in it uh the clown i mean everything about it was just a well-made movie uh and for a horror fan as myself this uh, and jaded as i am there was a couple moments in the movie where i'm like that's that's officially getting under my skin and eric you i think you're there oh too. yes i was yeah. Addie watched it in the theater i watched it with her again and she didn't like it she's like she didn't like the miniseries and she watched this one and said oh now i like the miniseries like that one was scarier because this one showed the clown too much, and so hmm. she rewatched it. Well, it was a rewatch for her. It was first viewing for me, and I was like, there were a couple parts where I was like, ah, ah, it's giving me goosebumps. Like I get, oh, that's freaking creepy. And she's like, what, what? Like she's, she's millennial jaded or something. I don't know. It means nothing to her because she hasn't read the book. I, I don't know. It, it has yeah. more power when you know the source material, I guess maybe, but it worked for me it worked i didn't feel like we saw the clown too much all of my no, i don't either my complaints were severe nitpicks stuff that's not even barely how many times do we hear beep beep richie in this thing once and it's from pennywise like that should have yeah. been more often i thought because that 
But then I'm the one going, because it was in the book all the time. They were trying to tell Richie, hey, this is your clue. Shut the fuck up. But it it literally only happened once in this thing. As far as, well, I've only watched it once. And by the time it was over, I had a good buzz because this movie scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but it was... Yeah, it was one point Pennywise just looked at him and beep, beep, Richie, when he was getting after him. It was, oh, it made my skin crawl. It was great. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I wanted it more until I didn't get it. And then they gave it to me once and I didn't realize how much I only wanted it once because it worked so well. Um, But I... Oh, I can't. They're going to make a sequel to this. They're going to make the other oh, half. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens in that. They're going to have to recast everybody. It's going to be great. And as we predicted on this show, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that scene from the book ended up in what? Uh, blood Pact, right? A Blood Pact, yep. Fine. Perfect. And it works perfectly. And i that's a great change. Stephen King, yep. you fucking weirdo. That's what it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, have you seen this movie? Yeah, I saw it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, weirdly, my the biggest problem I had with it is it had that same that one same kid that was in Stranger Things, and it, it's a very similar. He's running around with a group of kids, and I'm like, you don't belong here. You're in that universe over there. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a stupid complaint, but I, the whole movie, I'm just like, you don't belong here. You you're you're in Stranger Things. Um, but, I mean, apart from that, no, it's a good movie. It's, um, I mean, no real complaints. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it, yeah. I like the opening the opening scene, or one of the opening scenes, the, the, the kid brother gets taken out of the sewer, and he's being dragged back with his arm bitten off Ugh. or whatever. That scene, I, 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 from that point on, I was like, okay, it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, it's... They'll, they have to make another one as much money as that made. I still can't believe, as good as it is, I still can't believe it made that much money. I mean, just bonkers at the box office that thing was. So. Something about clowns, man. Yeah. But I with yeah. the, the arm ripping off scene, though, uh, from that point on, I was like, oh, 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 okay, we're, we're doing this. Because that's, that's how... That's the same thing I thought. Well, that's how the scene was in the book. And that was not something that they... they did in the did you see the miniseries the original one i didn't no you should I did. you should check it what i did oh yeah okay i know you did yeah. I, I'm steven oh he's younger okay <laughs> uh, little boy steven over here he doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen that one you should check it out because it gives if you haven't read the book it gives you a, a much better idea of how the younger stories and the older stories uh when they're adults are intertwined and it it will make you uh, view this movie completely differently because you have an idea of what's coming and you know what's coming in store for some of the characters. Like Mike, there, uh, some of the things they were talking about him, like, because uh, I uh, don't want to get too spoiler here for Steven, but he's the one that stays. Yes. Oh, there were some scenes in this movie where like they alluded to that and I was like, oh, oh, I know what's coming. Oh, shit. Oh, scary, scary stuff. But, uh, yeah, huge thumbs up. I can't wait for the director's cut, and I can't wait for the sequel. Me too. Me too. Okay, guys, what do you guys want to do? Uh, another round? Um, I have one more, and then I'm going to... I've just... My day has just been just awful. <laughs> so, one one more, and then uh, I want to... I, okay. Yeah. I can do one more or whatever. Yeah. You both can do one more, and I'll be done. That'll wrap us up. Eugene. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so I know that you, Eric, you talked about this a little bit, but I just wanted to throw my review your way as well, especially because it's the, I think it was the first thing I watched after Baby Driver, and that is Mechanic Resurrection, oh. starring the state, uh, and Jessica Alba, and Tommy Lee Jones, and I thought this movie was great. This was yes. exactly what I needed, unpretentious, just Good action movie, short runtime, easy plot, beautiful locations, Stafe doing what Stafe does best. Uh, Jessica Alba, she still got it. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is hamming it up. Everything about this movie was a blast. It felt like an old school canon movie, but yes. with today's sensibilities, it did. It, like It's fairly cheesy. I, mean, I don't want to even say cheesy. It's not really cheesy. It's just it's that type of movie where you just... Pour yourself a drink, check your brain at the door, have a good time. And I did in space. I think I liked this one better than the first one. Yes. Um, this was a surprise at how much I enjoyed. This was a fun movie, uh, but keeping expectations in check. There is nothing groundbreaking in this. It's just, man, it's a fun movie. And that that scene where he uh, is taking out the crime lord up on the high rise with the swimming pool that's <laughs> yep. over. That was so cool. Uh, man, a big thumbs up. Like... And I, I'm hoping that I'm not grading this movie on how much more I liked it than Baby Driver, which is probably the only podcast that's like we, we have to give this we Mechanic Resurrection is uh, way uh, better than asterisk because of uh, post Baby Driver asterisk. Yes, <laughs> grading on a curve is what we're doing. Yes, here. but man, it's and I actually I think I texted you. I'm like, how old is Jessica Alba? Because like it looks like she's like 24 in this movie, and like she's. Mid to upper 30s. I'm like, okay. And Stath is just a chiseled out of rock god. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fun movie. Did you, did you see the sequel? Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was... Did I... I'm, did I have it as a uh, roulette? I kind of feel like I did. No, I don't think... No, I don't think I, you did. Oh, no. I got it from the library. But, yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, I want something dumb. Library, yay. And then I watched it and was like, holy shit, this is actually good. Really good. Yeah. Actually, I think I think you talked about it within the last year. Cause I, I remember I watched it after you guys talked about it, and it was within the last year. I can't remember how long ago, but yeah, I watched the first or the two of them that there are, or whatever. But yeah, they're I mean they're fun movies. They are. Yeah. I got to tell you this. I remember the sequel more than I do the original. So yep. something to be said for that. Yeah, and I really I really liked the original. Um, ben Foster's in that, which you know me, I like my Ben Foster's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go on. But this one here, yeah. <laughs> oh, you see what I did there with the Fosters and the beer? Nah. Uh, but but in exchange for Ben Foster, we have Jessica Alba. You see, I don't know where oh, I'm. Yeah. I liked the yeah, movie. I'm sure. done. It's fine. <laughs> Keep trying. Keep trying. Just oh, deeper in the closet. Ten- Just deeper in the closet. We go from tentacle. <laughs> we go from a tentacle beginning to Ben Foster end. <laughs> You're like Ben Foster. He's amazing. He's Ben. I love my Ben Foster. But Jessica, I like I, I like her. I like her. I'm totally hetero. Uh, <laughs> With my Top Gun yes. shirt. Okay, back yeah, to you, well, Steve. At least you're wearing a shirt. That's something. Stephen, last round uh, for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I guess I'll do um, Molly's game. I guess to finish it out. Uh, the true story of Molly Bloom, Olympic class skier, played by Jessica Chastain, and um, she starts running a high stakes poker game, and then she gets in trouble with the FBI because there are some Russian people, gangster people, and 
She doesn't know that, and then she gets in trouble and investigated by the FBI. Um, directed by Aaron Sorkin. Again, with any Wait, Aaron Sorkin by? movie. Yeah, he wrote and directed has it. He, yeah. I think this is his first one. I was going to say, has he directed um, anything else? I believe this is his first one. Let me double check here. But, um, but with any Aaron Sorkin movie, you go there... For the dialogue. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, this is uh, his directorial debut of Molly's Game. Wow. Um, and it, it's actually directed quite well. It's kind of, I mean, there's nothing overly, you know, great about it, but it's, it's kind of flashy and stuff like that. The story itself is just kind of a simple, basic story. And then Idris Alba in here, he plays Jessica Chastain or Molly's lawyer. He does a great job. Um, again, I mean, you just, you go for the dialogue. And for all that, it, it's fantastic. Um, my only complaint is, um, again, I've been going to theater a lot lately, and you know how it is. It's I had jackasses in this theater, and I'm the guy who just sits there and takes it. I don't move or leave. I, I just sit there and, and take it for some reason. I don't know why. But even with that, I still thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, so they're, you know, Molly's game. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Steven. Yeah. Goes to the theater for torture. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Takes it in the end. It just takes it right. (laughs) It's a little darker than I expected, but yeah. In the end. Yeah. (laughs) That seems like, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I got the theater. Eugene's got his horror movies. We just, it's just. Oh, it's what we uh, do. Yeah, I'm at, it's what I'm we at do. Home by myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I can tell the end is near. <laughs> oh my! Again with the ends. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I do look forward to watching that movie. I didn't know that uh, he direct. I knew he wrote it, but I didn't know he directed it. That's interesting. Yeah. And again, Jessica Chastain should be nominated here, but of course. Meryl Streep has to be nominated, so we're not giving it anything to Jessica Chastain. So, oh, that's a good actress. Me. She is good. She's fantastic. Yeah. And Idris Elba is fantastic here, too. And everything. Uh, were there, were there yeah. a lot of walking in hallways and talking scenes? It's all talking. That's all it is. <laughs> well, that's what he does in the West Wing. They, they just, they're walking it, and talking. Hey, his his talking is better than most action movies, so. Yeah, that's true. Especially if they're uh, named Baby Driver. No. <laughs> Baby, you see, on coffee cups. <laughs> I gave that movie three and a half out of four. I mean, it, it didn't meet my expectations, but I, I did watch it three times. I, I it's, uh, that's yeah. like that's like what like fifteen hours oh, of your life gone. Oh, here we go with Eugene and the Judgmental <laughs> well, of how you're wasting your time with your hours. <laughs> well, I, I watched it twice in theaters and one as a brother's movie night at Nate's house. So I watched it three times. Yeah. <laughs> did you warn them beforehand, <laughs> or had they already seen it? No, they they went in blind. You sadistic and they, bastard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's call it a night. Uh, very good. Okay, I will see you guys in the the future. I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver, and I'm Stephen Miller. See you guys. See Bye. You. for listening. So how about the Patriots, man? I I just... 
I, I didn't knew, get, I didn't I get to see the second half happen. of the game, so I didn't see what happened. It's like watching a Browns game in reverse. You know what's going to happen before yep. it happens. It's just... Uh, I got a buddy that lives in Maine. And, well, uh, TJ. TJ. He lives in Maine. And he's he's a Pats fan, obviously. But And so I was messaging with him, and <clears throat> we were talking about some of the problems they were having in the first half. And I just I told him, I was like, dude, we both know. And he, like, I think getting close to halftime, he was like, they're going to win 23-17 or something yeah. like that. I was like, dude, we both know. What happens in the first half means fuck all in a Patriots yeah. game. Yeah. There was that one play in the second half. It was third and, like, 18 or something like that down the Jaguars. And, and, and of course, passed to Amendola for, like, 24 yards. And I was like, there's the game right there. And, of course, they marched down, score a touchdown. Then the next time they get the ball, score a touchdown. And then... Jacksonville couldn't do nothing. It's just... Yeah. I would have been pretty shocked about that one. I was uh, the Vikings, though. That was a shocker. I thought the Vikings were going to win that game. I got a buddy that lives in Minnesota and was having... I was text, uh, messaging him while that game was going on. He was having a heart attack yeah. during that... The Like, I was live texting him during that the game before, the week before. Yeah. And I was like, it's so cool to vicariously live through your friends who are experiencing it. And I was like, I still get goosebumps when I watch that final play. Like, this yeah. is oh. amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. That sucks they couldn't do it. And, of course, you know, Carson Wentz, we, we don't need him. We, we're oh, good. We, Browns don't need him either. Browns yeah. don't need him either. It's We're good. No. Uh, what do you think about this uh, OC? Uh... I think it's a good move. Why not? I, who else are you going to get? I mean, that's true. I don't and know. He, he's he's one. Of, he's apparently a kind of rough around the edges, which I think the Browns need because Hugh Jackson's such a player's coach. They need someone to kick him in the butt a little bit. Yeah, they do. Just hope that him and Greg Williams can get along. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I know that his on paper his record is really good. So and and he's from the Steelers, so he could at least. Tell us about them. Maybe we yeah. can do something against them. But then you look at the players he was coaching, and you look at the players we have, and it's not quite the same. No, so, no. I mean, what you know, who knows? But I mean, I like it. I mean, who else are you gonna get? I, I, I just, know. I'm still in disbelief that they brought back Hugh Jackson. I just, I there's no I, excuse for that, dude. I can't, I can't believe it. And I go, I went to my brother-in-law's house like in October. And we were all talking about this, and most of those guys, I mean, they're diehard Browns fans, like mm-hmm. fanatics. The kind that you don't even want to watch on Sunday with because every first down they're jumping off the couch and screaming, and it's like, just yeah. relax a little bit. Yeah. And they all wanted Hugh Jackson to come back. And I was like, you guys, at that point he was 1-21 in 21 or something. I'm going, dude, he's 1-21. in 21. Like, well, yeah, but look at the roster he was given, and I said, "Yeah, put that." All. I agree. I agreed with that for half the season, and then I there you just put that aside and look at the mistakes that he makes himself on the field, and it's not yeah. excusable. It's it's not excusable. Ugh. Anyway. Well, are the Redskins going to sign uh, Cousins, or is he going to go to Cleveland? God, I don't want to. No, not in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I just don't, I'm not feeling Cousins. I, I was even wary about him the last time they signed him. I'm like, eh. So you're not a Cousins fan, or are you just... He's a Tony Romo. 
He will mm. he will get you to the playoffs, and he will lose every time on a good year, you know. And it, it's hard to get rid of that guy, but it also sucks because he sets your system back because he's yeah. just good enough to be good, but he's never good enough to go anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly I've barely been paying attention to the Redskins because it was like, oh, Cousins is back, meh. Yeah. Well, you guys got Colt McCoy on on the bench, don't you? Oh, sweet. There you go. <laughs> Shrimpy's back. Yeah, really? What? Well, Johnny Menzel, he's making a comeback. You could pick him up off the street for cheap, I'm sure. Give me a break. Now, I don't want I, saw, I don't want Cousins to go to the Browns cuz that's my first love. And so I I don't feel like at least um Alex Smith has won shit, you know? Yeah. So they I think that needs to be your number 1. I pretty much agree with everything freaking gross he says all the time yeah and i hate yeah, he seems just regurgitating what he says but he says it and i'm sitting there going yeah exactly no shit and he seems almost convinced that uh smith is going to be there which i mean I'm, if we had smith and kaiser coming like i'm not ready to give up on kaiser i think i'm not either i mean 21 years old he's went through anything everything you could think of for a season if we had smith and kaiser back I mean, I still think you take a quarterback, but I mean, I wouldn't hate it if we took like uh, Barkley and then I don't know, Minka Fitzpatrick or someone else at one and four, and then I don't know. We have to get a quarterback at one or four. We we have Who? not solved. I want Darnold. The, the other guys have too many questions for me, and I just I don't want him. Rosen. I don't either. I mean, he's the number one, but he doesn't want to be here, so he can fuck right off. I don't want anything to do with him then. Yeah. Yeah. And then Josh Allen. Yeah, pull I mean, a John, that's, compared, that's pulling a Johnny Manziel, what he did here this last day or two. Yeah, I want to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Do that. But then everyone wants to make the Carson Wentz comparison, and I haven't seen a single play other than YouTube stuff. I have no idea if these guys are any good. Yeah, I don't either. Just go by what, like you said, Grossi says or Mel Kuyper says. But I did read an SI article that I got. Um, it was from the beginning of the season, of the college season, about Sam Darnold. And... Man, I just like all the numbers that I see with him. Like, as far as height, weight, accuracy, you know, everything that I was reading. Again, that was an old article from the beginning of the season. but And uh, um, just the off-the-field stuff, his personality, the way, you know, the things that he says. You know, you get an idea of, okay, this guy is saying the right things. Like, he's being modest. He's being, he's not being a loudmouth braggart. He's... I like all that. It, it all sounds good yeah. to me, and I say take him. I'm not saying he's going to Andrew Luck start year one or something, but if you have Alex yeah. Smith for him to sit beside, hell, yeah. if Kaiser would have somebody to sit beside, I mean, that Tony said it, and it was the absolute truth. That dude makes an interception. He goes back and sits at the bench. There's nobody around him. Nothing. Yeah. He's all by himself. Nobody's... And that was Sashi's great plan. <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> miserable. That also uh, falls on Hugh, though, too, because he didn't have the wherewithal to get himself help at calling plays and all that shit so that he, maybe he yeah. would have time to sit down with him or whatever. That's bullshit. Yeah, and I hope that Hugh, I, I hope that Haley is calling the plays, it's his plays, and Hugh is just head coaching. Like, he, you know, I don't want Hugh telling Haley what to be calling. And that's well, not, supposedly be, Haley's going to be calling the plays, but we will see. I, I'm very wary about all of this, and I show me, just show yeah. me. You you come out and win the opener. This town's gonna be on fire. 
<laughs> and we have a hard schedule next year. We're playing the Saints, the Panthers, and like all the whatever that whole division down there. My prediction is we go over until the bye, and then they fire Hugh, and then it's just when is our bye week? Uh, do they have the schedule up or just the matchups? I don't know, but if you go, because sometimes they have the bye weeks by like what week four? Because yeah, you go zero and four, and he's gone. He's got to be gone, right? I he went one and thirty one, and he's back. Oh, Who knows? oh god. <laughs> uh, I don't think they have the dates yet. I think they just have the opponents. I believe that that shit had to be in his contract. It had to be if it goes bad with this roster that you're not letting me do anything with. Then I have to get a third year. It, it had to be something like that. There's no other... Yeah. Oh, he came and closed the door. That's... I saw that. <laughs> yeah, here, they don't have the dates yet, but at home they got Baltimore, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Carolina, KC, the Chargers, and the Jets at home. Then on the road we got Baltimore, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Tampa, New Orleans, Oakland, Denver, and Houston. That is a tough schedule. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's the Browns. Every game they play is tough. Yeah. I'm numb to them anyway, so yep. I'm not cheer for them, but I, I don't, I don't even get upset about. It. I just laugh at them. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that gets angry at the screen. Like I, I, I sat and watched almost every single game this year for the first time ever, and yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I watch every game. I don't know why, but I, every single game. Well, I didn't always have the capability because I'm a cord cutter, but I finally found a. Um, an app uh, on the Roku that will let me watch ABC and uh, not NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox for free. And it's a, le- Lonnie, it's a legit app. So it's, it's legal. That's like sweet. <laughs> Lonnie was watching the Browns at his house on Hulu. So I don't know if they yeah. have some kind of type of deal with, they do. And I don't know or what, but yeah. Okay. 